two nerds of the roundtable, a podcast on a quest for quality pop culture. I'm Jamie. And I'm Dwayne. And on this episode, we're going to be covering the 1989 classic-ish... Totally classic, Jamie. Totally classic. National Lampoon's Christmas, Christmas Vacation. Vacation. And uh, But before we get into that movie, um, we had had a Facebook poll-up, and we let our listeners vote on whether we should watch, for this episode, Christmas Vacation or... A Christmas, Christmas story. story. And this was a big debate with me and Jamie. And too much to my dismay, chagrin, shock, whatever words you want to throw on here, <laughs> Jamie has managed to live the entirety of his life avoiding avoiding this movie. And it was actively avoiding. Um, I'd seen all those previews every year for the TBS marathon and all that kind of stuff. And the previews were not appealing to me. And and I think I had seen this movie in its entirety without ever trying to see it. <laughs> so yeah, it was very uh, very uh, shocking when when the when the truth came out of, about Jamie's situation with this movie and yeah, the uh, the previews, the the things you see on TV is just in my heart a small part of the movie. But Jamie, uh, Christmas Vacation went out the pole. Yeah, it won. It went out the pole, but, but you had made. I saw a, the pain in promise. your eyes and decided, out of our friendship, that I would watch Christmas Story out of love for, for you, Dwayne. Out of love for me, <laughs> and so I watched it. And, um, so I'll give you a couple of points. And I'll give my grade, and we can get into the movie. You know, our listeners voted on. Um, I didn't like a single character in this movie. I found, thought they were all despicable people. No. Um, I thought the plot was incredibly thin. Oh, the pain. And I thought the scene with the phone call was horrifying. And that poor kid, I'm like, why Why is child abuse hilarious? I, I didn't think that was funny at all. <laughs> and so, but there was some humor in the movie. There was there was a few scenes I laughed at. And I love the kid's imagination. That, that part I did enjoy. Like his imagination, the way he would imagine things in these scenarios. Yeah. I did enjoy that part of it. So we get to C minus. It's a C minus. Okay, well, um, we'll have barely to, uh, watchable. We're gonna have to agree to disagree uh, <laughs> here, and this is where, uh, you know, our friendship is stronger than our, uh, even as you learned on Facebook, our taste for Thanksgiving food. But uh, yes, Jamie, I really appreciate your sacrifice. <laughs> and it was. <laughs> and uh, and discomfort uh, at this uh, classic movie. So uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so well, what, 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 will be, what will be your grade? Migrate on a Christmas story. I'm going to give it an A minus. It's not a great movie, but it really captured to me the heart of being a youngster, seeking after that forbidden toy, dealing with the bullies at school, dealing with uh, the dynamic in the house. Of course, I'm an only child, so of course, if there was any dynamic in the house, it's all my fault. Um, you know, but I, I did have some very close cousins growing up, and and we were really raised like brothers and sisters. And you know, just the disagreements, the 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 crazy brother who won't eat anything, the uh, you know, the dad who's just kind of kooky, his mom who is entirely clueless, and uh, you know, it was just a really fun uh, look at uh, Middle America. Kind of lower middle class, uh, you know. They don't have it all figured out. They they are you know figuring out as they go along. You can tell very much so in this movie. But an A minus, huh? It just it just the yeah an A minus. It just the heart was is is really there for me. And I love the fact that the guy who wrote the book that this is based on was the narrator for it. And you know he really gave it 
a voice and a very unique voice. The narration was probably the best part of the movie. Yeah, that's that's probably my strongest uh, thoughts of the movie. Hearing his recollection of what you're seeing on screen was really, I thought, what had this movie so strong. Well, now that I've done that, I never have to do it again. Well, <laughs> okay, so uh, <laughs> let's go ahead and uh, pull this cart out of the ditch and uh, talk about what we're here to talk about. So Christmas Vacation, uh, 89 what, what Classic. Oh, my goodness. You know, I got two words. Well, let me take the back. Three words. Chevy Chase, 80s. Prime. You know, that's this is where Chevy Chase was at his prime. Uh, yeah. In in these I lampoon agree. movies, in these mid to late eighties, Spies Like Us, Fletch, uh, you know, the Vacation series. Uh, now that you've got some bombs in there as well, but I mean, Christmas Vacation and the first Vacation movie, it doesn't get any better. Yeah. yeah. Well, um. So, what what were your memories? I know I think it'd been a while for both of us. Yeah, it it really had been a while uh, for me. I've, of course, you remember all the absurdity of the Griswolds, uh, cousin Eddie, just being an insane person. Uh, the whole Christmas chaos and adventure uh, was. I mean, and, and I, I don't want to get into too much because of what we're going to be getting into here in a little bit with our deeper discussion, but just how hectic and how silly Christmas can be. What's what's your views here, Jay? Well, I mean, I, one of the things that surprised me was how much I'd forgotten and mm. how much I'd remembered out of proportion. Yes, that's like, very I true. I remembered the, light, the stuff with the lights being like the vast majority of the movie. That was the stuff I remembered. Yeah, and it was a very small portion. It was a very small. And I thought the mall stuff had been a bigger part of the movie. And mm-hmm. it was just really just one super awkward scene. But you had, right, but you had those, and they made such a huge impression. And like you said, there were some things I had completely forgotten yeah. about. Uh, we'll get into that. And some things that seemed to be a huge part that were just kind of minor sub-threads. Okay, so I want to give a few um, non-spoilery thoughts, and then we'll give, we can give our grades, and we can get into the, the spoiler part of the review. Okay. Go um, ahead, Jamie. I'm not going to give my grade yet. No, don't give the grade yet. Um, I have a problem with this movie, though. Okay. Its name is Chevy Chase. I don't like Chevy Chase. <laughs> he can be <laughs> a he. He can be the person that you love to hate. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he just he can be the lovable doofus. Well, he's a lovable doofus in Fletch. I like him in Fletch. I like him in a few episodes of Community. The rest of the time, I just find Chevy Chase really annoying. <laughs> just like a really smarmy jerk. You know, I just yeah. just find him really unlikable. And he's the heart of this movie, you know? He, so if yeah, the heart of your really movie is. is incredibly unlikable, it makes it hard to enjoy. Yeah, but you know what I really enjoyed about Chevy Chase, jumping on that thought, is he is the doofus dad who is just trying so hard and just can't quite get it. He just can't quite pull it all together. Yeah, yeah. And but there's also a really strong selfish streak. And see, it's not, and it's not just Chevy Chase. It's mm-hmm. partly, partly Chevy Chase. But it's also Clark, the character of Clark Griswold. Clark, yeah. is a really selfish character too. Like he comes off as he's all about his family. But there's a real selfish streak there too. That's kind yeah. of off-putting. Now this was, I think, a thread throughout oh, most yeah. of your 80s. 
altogether. All of all the especially, vacation movies. Yeah, especially vacation movies. It's all about what, what Clark thinks. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, Through Your 80s is a very, very self-centered, and I think we've touched on this with other episodes, <clears throat> you know, um, notwithstanding Big Trouble in Little China, you know, uh, Jack is completely <laughs> self-centered <laughs> through the whole movie, you know, and uh, yeah, the, uh, the 80s was a very, very self-centered yeah. era. Um, so, I mean, uh, the, the, that's really the core of the problem I have with the movie. Is just Chevy Chase as his screen persona, but also Clark Griswold as a character, I just find incredibly unlikable. Yeah. Now, it's not as bad as Christmas Story. I don't like anybody in that movie. <laughs> now, I really, I really like his wife, Beverly. I, I really find her very endearing and charming. Um, I like the way his in-laws gave him a hard time. I, I like when people harass Clark Griswold. I love that. That's great. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's and, and another problem, too, that I have with this movie is it feels like a series of skits and not a movie. That's that's a lampoon yeah. thing though. I mean that's that's with any lampoon movie that you see. It's it's a situation from situation. It's it's almost like you take a situation comedy and stretch it out to an hour and a half. Yeah. Yeah. I mean you just have a crazy event after crazy event, you know, all leading up to the head. Then there's a, there's a semblance of a plot that kind of rears its head here and there. Yeah. But I just I tend not to enjoy the random skits pretending to be a movie. Yeah. And so I kind of, str- I had forgotten that part of the movie. Hmm. That was something I'd completely lost track of in my memory. I, I can see that, especially where you would think, you know, and, and myself as well, you know, with the lights being such a major part in our memory with the trip to the mall being yeah. such a major part in our memory, the Christmas tree adventure at the beginning being such a major part, but yeah, it's, it's a little five, 10 minute skit. And they're not just, the plot. Just kind of tied throughout that has absolutely yeah. zilch to do with the plot. Yeah, so those, those, those are my opening thoughts. Do you have anything you want to add or um, defend? The, or? Well, what, what, <laughs> one of the things that you brought up there I thought was uh, really interesting, and, and I'll go ahead and jump into this one, is the characterization of Chevy Chase, you know, of, of Clark Griswold being the, you know, just a doofus, clueless guy trying to have the all-American, ultimate American Christmas or, you know, vacation for his family and whatnot, um, and, and failing miserably. Also, uh, his wife, Beverly, at every turn, I was thinking on this current watch, man, she must really, really love him so much. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because he's, he's got the tree sap trying to turn the pages in the book and then he gets it stuck in her hair and she's just like okay Clark you know she is a patient she woman. is you know to have her patience would be a uh, would be a gift but yeah the, the characterizations of this movie you know each person is clearly defined by their characters I mean from Clark and Beverly their kids cousin Eddie the in-laws the the, the crazy senile lady uh her her uh, her, her uh, kind of insane grouchy uh husband i guess you know say grace <laughs> <laughs> you know, at the, at, you know <laughs> and uh you know it's just a uh the characterization you know and and i know we we're speaking about earlier you know john hughes this is a, a john hughes movie who, who wrote this you know, the characterization doesn't get any better. Yeah, when I when I was a when I was a teenager, I mean, I'll, John Hughes was my guy. I oh, loved yeah. all sixteen John candles, Breakfast Club. Oh, yeah. oh, you know, you can't go wrong. John Hughes is my wheelhouse. So I was kind of surprised to see John Hughes' name on this movie. Yeah, 
Now, I was aware it was a John Hughes movie. Uh, I, I did, for some reason, remember that. But, uh, yeah, you can really see his stamp on there. Sometimes. <laughs> we're, we're not to the grades yet. Okay. So if you want to go ahead and dive into grades. You're not going to like this. Go ahead. I, I'm going to have to give it a D plus. A D plus. Wow. I did not enjoy watching wow. this movie. Um, I, in, wow. In my, in my memory, I really enjoyed this movie. Okay, I, Jamie. Hold up, hold up. Ooh. I gave Christmas Story a higher grade. I did. Wow. <laughs> okay, Christmas Story almost <laughs> failed. This is almost failing. <laughs> What, what Christmas movie do you like? Well, there's Die Hard. There's Die Hard. Okay, well, there's, there's that. Well, there, there are a few. I'm, mm. I'm going to put it in the top five rankings. Got the, got the Charlie Brown Christmas. Uh, Dutch. A forgotten classic. Dutch. Dutch. I'll have to check this out. It's another John Hughes Christmas okay. movie. Yeah. Okay, well, I've checked it out. Okay, so you're going with a D, D plus. plus. Wow. Almost watchable. Wow. Well, I, I'm well. <clears throat> I, I was going to go with the C minus, and I thought I was low. Oh wow! I thought I thought yeah. You were... I, I thought. I mean, this is this is a kind of cool movie. This is a great movie. It's enjoyable for what it is. You know, it's not a movie that you want to you know sit down and have expect, your brain cells turned on. Expect deep cinema for exactly. <laughs> it's not what you want to have your brain cells turned on for. Sit down with some popcorn. Uh, you know, I think I actually had it on while we were putting the tree up. And then sit down later and and watched it all through after everybody was was to bed, but uh, you know it's just, it's one of those movies you know and especially that's what I think the skits are so strong in it. I mean it's one of those movies you can kind of have on in the background and then you catch a part. Oh yeah, ha ha ha, that's see, I, great. See, and funny. I, I think TBS having the rights to this thing really helped because I think yeah. I've caught these scenes here the and scenes there and I've remembered them really well from seeing that that funny scene that I saw. Yes. And yeah. I don't, th- I don't know that I'd watch the movie from you know beginning to end. So the movie long, as a whole, yeah, yeah, I didn't see the movie as a whole in a long time. Wow. So seeing it as a movie, it suffered. I wow. Mean, yeah, it was, I, and I didn't enjoy it. I mean, was, I found Clark so just joy killing. I mean, I just, I didn't want to look at him on screen. Um, with one except, it was one scene where I really liked Clark, okay. and, I, and I found him in it. We'll get to there when we're doing the okay. spoiler review. There's only one scene I really liked Clark. The rest of the time, I just, I didn't mind when bad things happened to him. I mean, it was, I was okay with it. Well, I mean, and, and it, it is kind of that way because he is kind of the guy you're like, that you don't feel bad yeah. for laughing at him when he falls off the ladder. You don't feel bad for, for, you know, laughing at him when he gets stuck under the log truck. Yeah. You know, because he, he can be a jerk yeah. at times. Yeah, this is true. Okay. Um, wow. This is a, you know, I wasn't expecting the grace to be this harsh for this movie. I was expecting it to be kind of the, the harder one. I, I think it to be pretty far apart on this. Yeah. You know, uh, I probably had more of a good time watching the movie, I think, than you did. Because I, I caught myself laughing out loud a couple times. Uh, and uh, uh, me and my wife were sitting on the couch. And she had, you know, kind of snuggled up to me and fell asleep. And, and uh, you know, I would kind of i got up and got a soda and come back and just laid her head in my lap and i think i spit soda in her hair at one point from <laughs> laughing <laughs> you know but wow so do you want to jump into um our spoiler field review well, of the I, movie? I want to say one last comment one last before comment. we okay. jump into the spoilers okay i would rather watch valerian again then watch this movie. Okay, I may have to do some editing on this <laughs> on this podcast because I don't know if uh, I don't know. Uh, I thought I thought for me Valerian was our low point of wow. movies we've covered. Wow, this is the new low point. Okay, 
Okay. Well, with that being said, um, thank you. Uh, thank you for listening to Nerds of the Roundtable. We'll... <laughs> This is, this is going to be a pretty sad Christmas episode, isn't it? Uh, well, I, I think I've got some joy. Hopefully I can bring some joy. Um, let me get my jingle bells here. And uh, let's go. Um, I guess we're going to uh, read our uh, our sections of the movie and yes. give our thoughts on this. Okay, so it looks like we've got a few sections out. So, Jamie, I'll take off since you're having a difficult time over there. I'll take off with the, with the part one here. Now, with Christmas only a few weeks away, Chicago resident Clark Griswold decides it's time to get a Christmas tree. He gathers his wife Ellen, daughter Audrey, and son Rusty, drives out to the country where he picks out a huge tree, realizing too late that they didn't bring any tools to cut the tree down. They are forced to uproot it instead before driving home with the tree strapped to the roof of the car. Now... You don't see him gathering everyone. You see everyone already in the car, and they're singing. Uh, I love the operatic voice. Chevy Chase, she was like, no, no. And, uh, oh, Clark, that was beautiful, you know. And uh, the kids are in the back just looking miserable. And I, I want to really mention the kids, too. Uh, Juliette Lewis, a uh, great actress. Johnny Galecki, great actor. They, they really played well together. And you could really see, uh, you know, I enjoyed seeing them as young actors. In this I, I, re- I really liked, and this is sort of jumping around a little bit, but I really liked especially Juliette Lewis, like how they portrayed her. I felt like that was a really accurate teenager. Like she was too cool for school most of the time. Totally. But there were still those moments where she, you know, you could tell she loved her she dad. You could tell she loved dad. Yeah. yeah. And it was, I, I really liked how they, because, I mean, I, we've got teenage daughters. She wasn't a complete snob. Yeah. yeah and, and, and she was. She had a heart. She had a personality aside from just being the difficult, yeah. stuck-up, I'm-not-dealing-with-you teenage girl, you know. Uh, it, but it was a subtle thing, and that's probably the John Hughes touch there. It was, mm-hmm. a, it was a subtle thing, probably the only subtle thing in the entire movie. <laughs> but it was. A, it was a, I appreciated that. It was a subtle little nuance in the movie that I, yeah. I really noticed that, and I, and I like that. Yeah, uh, yeah. The, the characterization, especially of the kids, were great. Uh, I really enjoyed that. But yeah, so the drive out to the tree uh, gets in a uh, road rage fight with a couple of rednecks in a pickup truck. And as a dad now, that I see that scene differently because now I'm like, dude, you're endangering your family. Like well, as a as a teenager when I saw this movie, I completely different perspective. Yeah. But as a dad now, I'm like, dude, you're endangering your family. What are you doing? You know? Right now, of course, Jamie, me and you both surviving the 80s. <laughs> you notice there's no seatbelts in play anywhere in the car. Um, so, yeah. And, and, you know, and, you know, if it had been my family, I'd have been, you know, asleep in the back window. We, right. We would have been up on the dash. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, there's, there's no seatbelts at play at all. So, total road safety here. And... You know, he's these guys riding his rear end. Then he zooms ahead of him. Then they go to passing each other, and he winds up under the logs behind the rear wheels and rear rear wheels of uh, the uh, the logging truck. And I love Beverly's prayer. <laughs> Forgive him; he knows not what he does. <laughs> No. So yeah, doesn't he, he say amen or something like that? Like he, like he even agrees. Like, yeah, yeah, he, he agrees. The moment that he and, and at that point, he shoots it out, jumps the curb, <laughs> knocks down the Christmas trees for sale sign, 
and stops right in front of the gate to the Christmas tree uh, lot. So, and then you see them hiking. Well, and, and this is this is where like one of my problems comes in. And then that that skits over. Yeah. And it's never mentioned again. It has nothing to do with anything else nothing that happens. So they start then then they start the next skit. Yeah, they start getting, <laughs> the, the getting of the Christmas tree. My legs are numb. My eyes are numb. My hip my hips are numb. You know, Audrey can't feel the lower half of her body. Clark. You know, that's the whole experience, and yet they have to dig up and drag out the tree. And and as I noticed all throughout the movie, now, now like I said, well, now that I wasn't watching it, bits in you know here and there, Rusty's the smartest character in the whole movie. And he just keeps his mouth shut most of the time. It roll, he rolls. He rolls. Have his little one liners. He'll call out his dad. You're like, you know, hey. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that later. <laughs> yeah. But but Rusty's the smartest person in the whole movie. <laughs> And that's pretty sad. <laughs> well, it, it's not a big, you know, hurdle to jump. But, well, this is true. But he's like, but he's the one that realizes, hey, how are we cutting this thing down? Right. Who did you bring this all? Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But then you realize it, it, and it's it's a hard cut. Did you bring a saw? And you see Clark's face drop, <laughs> and you don't see him hiking back after everyone's icicles yeah or leaving or the next thing you see is the tree on the back of the car and then it kind of pans back (laughs) and you see all the root with the dirt in it yeah yeah Yeah, the root system with the dirt so that's phenomenal right there so jamie you want to take section number two here absolutely okay soon after both clark's and ellen's parents arrive to spend christmas but their bickering quickly begins to annoy the family Clark, however, maintains a positive attitude, determined to have a fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. He covers the house's entire exterior with 25,000 twinkle lights, which fail to work at first, as he has accidentally wired them through his garage's light switch. When they finally come on, they temporarily cause a city-wide power shortage and create chaos for Clark's snobby neighbors, Todd and Margot. While standing on the front lawn, admiring the lights, Clark is shocked to see Ellen's cousin, Catherine, and her husband, Eddie, as they arrive unannounced with their children, Rocky and Ruby Sue, and their Rottweiler dog, Snots. Eddie later admits that they are living in the RV they drove, as he is broke and has been forced to sell his home. Clark offers to buy gifts for Eddie's kids so they can still enjoy Christmas. And mentioning the, the, the snobby neighbors there. Yeah, I was uh, I, I, I was realizing them. that. Yeah, well, I hadn't forgotten them. They were probably one of my favorite parts of, of the movie each time I've seen it. And, I mean, uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus mm-hmm. is an absolute powerhouse comedian. I have not seen her try to be funny and fail once. <clears throat> you know, I mean, you can, you can take all of her Seinfeld stuff away. And, and just every other role she's in, she's phenomenal. You add Seinfeld on top of that, my gosh, you've got a, a monster there. But yeah, her, uh, they were the complete yuppie, techno, snobby. Elitist. Just, yeah, uh, elitist, that's that's a good word. Um, I love the plastic sweatsuits <laughs> that they were wearing. Uh, my cousin was a, uh, my cousin did a stint as a boxer in the uh, in the mid 80s and uh i remember him trying to get down into a certain weight class and when the when they were in those suits and her husband says i want to kiss every inch of your body and she says not before you shower (laughs) and after seeing one of those suits come off i entirely support that (laughs) theory but yeah you see the in-laws come in um and you it took me a second to figure out who was whose group 
I'm not entirely there. sure still. Now the 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 wife Catherine is that Beverly's sister or cousin? Okay, now you're talking about cousin because I, I don't think Randy Quaid's re- technically related. To anybody, no, right? he, okay, yeah, she is. Uh, he is Beverly's sister's husband. He's okay. So Catherine and Beverly are sisters. He's and, and I think it's mentioned okay. at one point in the movie. He's a cousin-in-law. Okay, yeah, I wasn't entirely clear on on how. Beverly and Catherine connected. I thought that's yeah, what the I, connection I was. I think yeah, they're 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 uh, you know siblings. Yeah, but um, yeah. talking about the snobby neighbors, they're these you know supposed to be really unlikable yuppies, right? I found Clark so unlikable that I was kind of rooting for the yuppies. <laughs> <laughs> I felt bad for them having to live next <laughs> to, to, him. to him. I don't know. I felt great every time that the lights blinded them and they <laughs> fell down the stairs when when the, the lights finally did come on. But, you know, that's, that's I, another I, part. I love that she was mournful over the carpet while her husband was laying at the foot of the, the stairs groaning. <laughs> It was funny. Yeah, it just shows how materialistic yeah. Yeah, they can be. But, you know, that that was a, a great heart of the movie. You see when he – you see the disappointment on his face when his lights fail. And and you hear his mom, oh, I'm, I'm imagining them being beautiful, you know, just like, <laughs> just like any great mom would, you know. And, uh, yeah, and then, uh, you know, the uh, – I like uh, his father-in-law's line. When they finally work, he's like, hey, Clark. Thought they were twinkle lights. Yeah, they're not twinkling. Yeah. But thanks for noticing that. Yeah. Thanks for noticing. That. Yeah, and that's yeah, that's a dad. I don't know um, how many of you guys have it have that like that, but it seems like everything that don't work just the way it's like. <laughs> thanks for bringing it up. Thanks, for, thanks, <laughs> thanks for that point out. You know, not 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 the nine things that did work, the one thing that didn't work. Uh, you know, which is uh, again a totally seventies and eighties. Uh, which uh, they kind of like. There was a big setup early in the movie. Like Beverly was like trying to discourage Clark, like, "Hey, like this isn't going to work." I mean, all these people here—they don't like each other and they don't like you. They don't really deliver on that very much. Like the yeah. father-in-law has a few snarky lines, but there's not a whole lot of the. Yeah. Since the in-laws not getting along. Yeah. Or, you you have little bits throughout, but nothing consistent, yeah. and it's really paid off. You know, it's just a, it's just a line here, a line there, yeah. a line here, a line there. It was a there. bigger setup that never really mm. completely got paid off. Maybe maybe this is where uh, Valerian took a note <laughs> uh, as far as paying stuff <laughs> off. <laughs> um, you know, we can go there. But yeah, that's uh, something that really uh, happened. I really, uh, but now I'll tell you, the uh, Cousin Eddie's kids. Rocky really had nothing to do in the movie aside from just be there. Uh, Ruby Sue, is yeah. that her name? Ruby. Uh-huh. Sue. I, I I wanted to look up and see where she's at today because she really added, I feel, a lot of of heart to this movie and really carried a big weight, uh, as you know, like because she was like, you know, I'm really scared. Yeah. Because we're not going to get a Christmas, I don't know what to do. You know, are, are you? Yeah, that 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 scene um, where Clark's being awkward in the window. Yeah, I think that's. We may have jumped ahead here. Yeah, I think we jumped ahead on that but, one. But, but, yeah. but she gives a really good performance in that scene, especially yeah. for a child actress. Mm-hmm. She did a really good yeah, job. A really good job. Really good job. But yeah, when you see, uh, you know, the uh, <laughs> when when Eddie shows up. He's like, uh, what are you doing here? He's like, we just decided to roll in. The mo- the the tenement on wheels, you know, the, the the classic RV, you know, that they're that you find out later that they're living out of. 
Okay. I think this would be a, a great place to take a break. Absolutely. Jamie, if, if you'd like, we'll uh, jump in with the second half of our review of National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation when we return. <laughs> And welcome back to Nerds of the Round Table. We are going to jump right back into our review of Christmas Vacation. So the next section of the movie here, Clark begins to wonder why his boss has not given him his yearly bonus, which he desperately needs to replace an advance payment he has made to install a swimming pool. After a disastrous Christmas Eve dinner, he finally receives an envelope from Company Messenger, who had overlooked it the day before. Instead of the presumed bonus, the envelope contains a free year's membership to the Jelly of the Month Club, the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> I was going to do the line when you were done reading. You beat me to it. <laughs> okay, this prompts Clark to snap and go into a tirade about Frank, and out of anger requests that... He'd be delivered to his house so Clark can insult him to his face. Okay, yeah, now that is a great uh, thing. As as you go throughout this movie, you see him uh, talking with his boss, and his boss has no idea who he is. He's calling him by the wrong name. Yeah, he's always calling him the wrong name. And yeah, he has no idea who he is. All he knows is he's developing this new... Uh, coating for cereal to keep it crunchy um, and uh, has no idea. But yeah, you find out that Clark has placed an, a huge advance on the installation of a swimming pool. Yeah, and um, so he's talking with those coworkers at work and talking about what they're going to do with their bonuses and what they expect and all that kind of jazz. And this is one of those points in the movie where I get mad at Clark. I'm like, how? Because he, he says, like, he, he already put down a check, like an advance payment on this thing. For money he doesn't have. I'm like, okay, you don't have your bonus yet. That's just stupid. I'm like, you're dumb. Why are you doing that? But as you find out, though, every year previous, he had received a bonus. So it was kind of something he had come to depend on and expect. I guess I'm a little more conservative in those regards. Like, I I don't want to take those kind of chances. And so I I just like, look, you get what you deserve, pal. Right. Well, that's... I I just one of those points, another one of those points in the movie, right, where I didn't like Clark. I'm like, that was a dumb thing you did there. I'm like, that was not a a wise move there, pal. So I I was kind of annoyed with him. Yeah. Well, you know, that comes to a, a narrative kind of that's buried in this movie is you see the, uh, the big companies starting to forget the little guy. Yeah. And you see that, you know, throughout where anytime he tries to speak to his boss, his boss is walking around with a bunch of guys behind him. He's no names in suits. And, you know, as he uh, says, hello, hello. And, and he starts insulting them and, yeah. and saying vulgarities to them. And, uh, you know, they just don't even acknowledge him. And you see, you know, he's always depended on this bonus company. He's always taken care of them in the past and now they're not. And, you know, he had already depended on and, and counted on that. And like you said, you know, it's not a, a smart thing 
to do to, you know, put all your eggs in a basket like that. Yeah, and but go I was ahead already mad at Clark by this point. At, I wasn't being very charitable to him at this point of the movie. Yeah, at money that you don't have. And, you know, <laughs> and his, his yuppie neighbors are kind of the bad guys. Yeah. His boss turns up being the bad guy. So this is really kind of calling out of corporate America. Which it was kind of hard to buy Clark as this little poor downtrodden guy. His house is ginormous. ginormous I'm like, yeah. you're not exactly struggling here, pal. Yeah. And your and your big issue is you not, m- might not be able to afford to put this gigantic swimming pool in your backyard. I'm like, you're not exactly hurting here. So it was kind of like, you know, I didn't grow up like super well off. I didn't also grow up like you know terribly impoverished, but like. You're pretty high up on the uh, scale there, pal. It's yeah. one of those things that's like, you know, I, you're kind of, you got your priorities out of whack here. Another, another one of those points in the movie where I just found Clark unlikable. Yeah, and it could, uh, you know, also call back to the era the movie was made. You know, these, these, these late true. 80s, you know. Late 80s. Yeah. I the mean, era of excess. Look, look at the Cosby show. Yeah. You know, I mean, phenomenal house, beautiful house in, in you know, downtown New York, you know, uh, somewhere in New York, you're, you're thinking, or Chicago. Uh, and, you know, you never see him going to work. Yeah, Dr. Huxtable never Yeah, Dr. Worked. Huxtable never worked, you know, and, and you would see Claire coming every now and again with a briefcase, you know, and she would refer to being a lawyer. He would refer to being a uh, an obstetrician. And, uh yeah, it was just a, a different kind of an era of what was put out and perceived, uh, I believe. But yeah, but that, but that was one of those. I mean, I but I'd found Clark just so annoying and just utterly unlikable. Like, well, like I said, with one exception, which I think we've already blown past. I'll, I'll need to mention it now. That I just I didn't feel like being charitable to him, and so every little thing that I was supposed to get on his side, I wasn't prepared to get on his side. I was just, I was like, no, he's an idiot. This is his fault. Like, this is a mess of your own making. I'm not going to be sympathetic towards you. Um, but there is, there is one moment. It's when the whole family's, um, he's, he's up he's up in the attic trying to hide presents. Yeah. And the family leaves him, and he gets stuck up there. And he finds the old family videos, and you kind of see Clark be human. He has a moment. He has a moment. And that's like the one point of the movie where I kind of like Clark. Mm. You know, that he's sort of being nostalgic for that that. And you kind of see like why he feels this way about Christmas. It was an important yeah. time in his childhood. So yeah, I kind of like Clark there. And then he goes back to being Clark Griswold, and I don't like him anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that gives you that really does give you a uh, a sense of why this is so important yeah. to him. Uh, what what the deal is there? Uh, yeah, you really do see that. And also, you know, I know this synopsis is kind of abbreviated. Uh, you know, as we were talking about earlier. Uh, it's a tough. It's a tough movie to outline. Yeah, it, it really is because it's just so sketchy and so many yeah. little, little bits and pieces. But you know the, uh, you know when they when they all go to the mall, and uh, <laughs> he comes across the lady at the lingerie counter. And Clark at his most unlikable. And his most unlikable. Yeah, I was really like, really, guy, uh, yeah. really, man, you're really going here. And then he gets busted by his son. <laughs> that was that was the best. Another one of those Rusty being the smartest person in the movie and having the best lines. Uh, yeah, Dad. <laughs> Rusty. <laughs> Yeah, that was a yeah, that was a genius uh, thing there. But yeah, you really do see uh, but, his but struggle and unlikableness there. Yeah, because it's like because the whole part of what you do like about him is him barely seem to really care about each other, yeah. unless there's an attractive woman nearby, and then suddenly Clark is not so devoted to Beverly. And and I'll tell you that even statement right there can be really heavily negotiated. I would say. <laughs> I, I mean, aside from being kind of voluptuous and and a little uh, you know curvy as 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 you can say, 
she was not, and I don't even recall back in in that era her being that attractive. Uh, me being a younger man, I mean, I don't. My experience with women even today is limited, but um, you know, I was I was never a Romeo. I'll, I'll just put it that way. And uh, yeah, and he has uh, you know this this encounter, and and you're like, really, you're going to go here. But it's not just that one encounter. Like he later, you know, fantasizes about her, and it's like that it kind of undermines like the one thing that's supposed to be likable about Clark is his mm-hmm. devotion to his family. It's like, okay, well, how devoted are you? I'm like, right. you've got this weird thing going on, and it's in all the movies. It's usually Christy Brinkley. Yeah, but but for some reason they changed that here. I don't yeah. know if it's contractual or yeah, like, if she if she had a swimsuit issue coming out. I don't know. There's, there's probably some story we couldn't find, but yeah. it's but it's this weird thing. Like even the thing that's supposed to be likable about Clark. He, you know, he squanders up. here and there. You know, yeah. it's just like you undermine that. Yeah, so I, it makes me find the clock even more unlikable. Yeah, but you know, and and you referred to about the part of him kind of fantasizing about that, looking out in the backyard of where he's going to put the pool, and you know, he's seeing the family playing in the pool, and uh, then it it goes to the lady behind the counter coming to play in the pool. Yeah, and then the, and then Ruby Sue comes and and has an encounter with him. That was really a little bit. Having not seen this movie in a while, I was really kind of concerned of where that was going to go when he turned around. I mean, was were they going to make a joke about that? But he, yeah. but they kind of sidestepped it, and he's like, "Well, no, you better not sit in my lap." And he kind of <laughs> left it at that. But there, but there, you see, as we were talking about earlier, you know, yeah, I was afraid of a Tommy Boy type. Her, her really bringing a lot of heart out into this movie, and then you and you find out that they're really not sure where their Christmas is going to come from, and then you do see Clark kind of redeem himself. He takes Cousin Eddie to the Walmart. Yeah. And, you know, he, he's, you know, loading up all the dog food on the cart. You know, just, just bam, bam. And, uh, and you know, well, well, me and Beverly would like to, you know, give give you guys a Christmas. You'll like to help out here. And you, you seem really kind of be a good guy there. And then the uh, situation at Christmas dinner. Yeah. And Clark just loses it. Because, I mean, all throughout the movie, things have been slowly messing slowly up. Slowly building. Some of it of his own making. But, I mean, it's not been a fun, you know, week or so. Yeah. And then he just loses it. Um, the, the check finally comes, and it's not a check. It's the Jelly of the Month Club And I'm coupon. so sorry I, I stole your thunder <laughs> I, was, there. I was ready. The second you were done reading that, I was going to say it. I was ready. Oh, I'm sorry I stole you. I but, could uh, not let that pass. But yeah, so he, so he just absolutely loses it. I mean, and and then we're going to get to that in the next section, but, you know, Eddie, Eddie has his moment. But, you know, but Clark, he just... And once again, a part, a part of me is like, well, dude, you're an idiot. You don't yeah. spend money you don't have. I mean, right. this is not good financial stewardship on your part. <laughs> I'm like, you made this mess yourself. But also, it was, you know, a, a poor business practices of his employer. I mean, to not even announce that was a change kind of a thing wasn't cool. Right, yeah, to do that and not tell. Yeah, but so, I mean, it's not, I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm mad at Clark by this point in the movie. And I, and I do want to jump in here and say that during this part of the movie, you hear a string of profanity and derogatory terms, <laughs> you know, from the 80s that would never fly today. Yeah, that, that, the, the language of this movie would not be in a family movie no. now. Um, but so after his big gigantic tirade and where he loses it, um, the, and this is where the plot really becomes a plot, where we stop having the just random scenes and they really, really try to put a story together. Mm-hmm. And I'd forgotten everything that happens in the rest of this movie. Well, now he runs out. Now here, here's one of my favorite things. Is it is it in the next part? Here? I think so. When when Eddie leaves. Okay, yeah. So let's go ahead, Jamie, if you want to read. But, but I'm like I said, at, at this point, 
from this point on to the rest of things we're going to talk about in this movie, I'd forgotten every bit of this. I had to. I really had to. The movie could have ended as far as my memory went. Yeah. You know, with the jelly of the month <laughs> delivery, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and so in the next part, um, so after the tirade, Eddie takes the request literally, drives to Frank's mansion and kidnaps him. Clark confronts him about the cancellation of the employees' Christmas bonuses. Meanwhile, Frank's wife Helen calls the police and a SWAT team storms the Griswold house and holds everyone at gunpoint. Frank decides not to press charges and explains the situation to his wife and the authorities, who scold him for his decision to scrap the bonuses and decides to reinstate them, with Clark getting an add-on of 20% of his salary. I, I love part of the, of the big chunk of this scene. The whole Griswold family is freezing in front of the police, and they're frozen. Like, Beverly is delivering lines of dialogue, completely frozen. I, that, that, that amused me, that they were yeah, doing this. Well, now, I don't know if, if, if I want to go here or not at this point, but I'm, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and dive in. Her, her hand placement <laughs> through that scene was entirely distracting to me. And I'm like, well, see where your priorities are, you know, as, as you know, what you're going to protect here. So, <laughs> yes, I'll just leave that at that. You can watch the movie and enjoy. But, yeah, after Clark's big tirade, you know, the Christmas tree. We may get tree, a clue there as why she stays with Clark. The, the Christmas tree had had been burnt down. The, the, the whole family was The turkey just, had blown yeah, up. The turkey had blown up. Oh, my goodness. And he, after his tirade, he goes out to cut down the tree. Yeah, because the because the the I think he's an uncle blows up his tree. Blows up the tree. Yeah. The, so they so he cuts down the neighbor's tree. Because of the gas coming from the sewer from Eddie emptying his septic tank, which is a complete part of the movie we had over overlooked. Yeah. And I know, I know because of language, but you know it the, the crapper was full. <laughs> what are you going to do? Um, I seen a wonderful meme uh, this week about uh, the it clown. Mm. In the sewer, across from cousin Eddie emptying the <laughs> emptying the septic tank. So if 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 you're on uh, social media, I'm sure I, I hope it has graced your uh, your uh, feed there. If not, uh, I'm sure a good Google search will find you know cousin Eddie uh, gassing out the it clown. <laughs> Might be something to put on the Facebook page. It, it, I'll, I'll try to link that there. It'll be great. But yeah, the uh, yeah the the gas from the sewer blows up the tree. Uh, so, and, then, and then there's a squirrel in the tree, yeah, the squ- and the dog tears up the house chasing the squirrel. <laughs> yeah, um, but then Eddie tries to have a hero turn. Right? Well, now see, he Eddie slips off. I don't know that anybody really noticed Eddie nope. slipping off because Clark grabs the 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 chainsaw, goes and cuts down the yuppie neighbor's tree, <laughs> and it goes through their window, <laughs> trashes their house on him. He drags his tree. He says, "We're going to have a Christmas." Dag on it. Everybody's here. Nobody's leaving. We're having Christmas. So you see. At the point where he's walking across, the RV pull out. Yeah, but it's kind of a background thing. I, I they don't had, call big attention to. No, it. they don't. I, I, it, I was like, oh, did that happen? Did, did, did that happen in the other times I watched this movie? And then I realized, well, I haven't updated my copy in about ten years, so of course. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so you have this kidnapping thread that I had completely forgotten about. I, I, me too. I blanked on it. Yeah, so I had no memory of it. So yeah, he brings the boss back. And and they confront and yeah, like you said, the boss says, Yeah, yeah, I'll give you the bonus and, and throw an additional twenty percent on it. Yeah. 
and I, and he had a um, I think I think it was a pretty good because it's just a moment. But he talks about how he sort of lost you know perspective mm-hmm. that these were real people that he was impacting, yep. not just a bottom line. That was yeah. a pretty that was a nice moment. Yeah, yeah. not yeah, very he, believable. <laughs> well, and, and you know, and that and that is a thing, you know, and, and uh, I know I work for an organization, a uh, you know, very small organization, you know, but we're still in it to make money. But it's it's in healthcare, and I know you do as well. And you, know, you can look at the bottom line, and you can look at the dollars, and then you got to realize, you know, okay, these are people we're taking care of. You know, where's where's the right call? So you have to make the right call. Yeah. We have to make that right call. Well, it was just kind of a, a really rapid turn because for the, yeah. the bulk of this movie, this guy's been a complete get jerk. a complete jerk. Didn't, yeah. didn't even couldn't even bother to learn Clark's name. Didn't care to learn his name. He was just a guy making a product he wanted, mm-hmm. and for him suddenly to have this big heartwarming moment, uh, I it was it was tough to buy. Yeah, it, it was a uh, it was a, a switch. But then again, everything in this movie has been so abbreviated. Yeah. You know, uh, skit to skit to skit. And I, and I, but I do have to admit though, when the SWAT team comes in, <laughs> I, I enjoyed how over the top that scene that was. That was hilarious because they even <laughs> busted into the neighbor's house. Every window on the block, I think, got, got broken. broken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about that too. I'm like, man, he's gonna need that check to cover the window replacement, you know, or his homeowner's insurance afterward. Well, that house was demolished. Oh, it was trash. There's no pool happening. Every penny of that's gonna be to replace that. Yeah, yeah, you're replacing windows. There's a hole in the floor for the cat getting electrocuted. On the roof, when he fell through the, the roof. roof, fell through the roof, fell through. Uh, yeah, uh, tore down the gutter, putting up the lights. <laughs> All the damage to his neighbor's house, he's gonna have to pay for. <laughs> yeah, the busted window from the uh, from the ice from the gutter that shot through and destroyed the city player. <laughs> I didn't love to try to figure yeah, that out. That was wonderful. Something broke. This Something stereo. broke. Why is the carpet wet? <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty funny. Yeah, that was wonderful. So let me go ahead and jump on this next section here, and uh, we'll start to wrap this up. So after all of that is resolved, the family head outside with Rocky and Ruby Sue believing they see Santa Claus in the distance. Clark tells them it's actually the Christmas star, and he finally realizes what the holiday means to him. Uncle Lewis says the light is coming from the sewage treatment plant, reminding Clark that Eddie had been dumping his sewage into the storm drain. Before Clark can stop him, Uncle Lewis tosses a lit match, triggering an explosion. Aunt Bethany starts singing the Star-Spangled Banner, and the whole family and the SWAT team join in gazing at Clark, Santa Claus, and reindeer set burning and flying into the distance. The entire family and the SWAT team members then celebrate inside the house while Clark and Ellen happily share a Christmas kiss. You know what's funny is I've laughed more talking about this movie with you than I did when I watched the movie. <laughs> well, I'm glad. I'm glad you're having some enjoyment from this movie. But yeah, the uh, the the skits, like you said, you know, it is it is essentially, you know, a an SCTV Saturday Night Live lampoon skit, yeah. you know, put put together here, uh, put out. So yeah, the. Uh, yeah, after the, after everything's resolved with the SWAT team, um, you see the uh, the Santa Claus uh, from the explosion takes off, uh, and 
she starts singing first, whatever. In the Star Spangled Banner, and they all immediately turn, look at the Christmas, and and place her hand over their heart. Yeah, I, I really, oh, I really enjoyed. Can you see? What was her name? Aunt Bethany. Aunt I Bethany. really enjoyed Aunt Bethany. <laughs> I feel kind of mean because I mean she's clearly senile. She's clearly senile. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Her, her memory's gone. Yeah, and it, I feel kind of mean laughing, but her scenes are some of the best scenes in the movie. Oh, some of the most hilarious. Yeah, when you have the interaction with the families, yeah. and especially her and uh, and the uh, and the Uncle Lewis. Yeah. Oh my gosh, when his hair catches off. <laughs> Hair. He lights his the tree goes whoosh because the dog had been and I, I drinking like, all the and I like when she wrapped up her cat. Wrapped <laughs> her cat. Yeah. It was yeah, there's just so much little little fun stuff throughout. That, like you said, to look even to look back on if you didn't have a, a great time watching yeah. it, even to look back on and, and reminisce. But it's, but it's funny is like you like the the that answer talks about how Clark has learned you know what Christmas means to him now. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I, did he learn anything? I mean, really? I don't. I don't know that he did. You know, and I don't buy it. And if he did, he'll probably forgotten it by tomorrow. Well, I mean, you know, he had he had a moment in the attic. <laughs> he 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 had another moment out on the street. So you know, yeah. we we, you know, it's it's not. I've heard a beautiful quote. It's not the days. It's the moments that matter. But his moments are so few and far between. <laughs> no, right. But that, 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 that's really the core of my problem with this movie. Mm. The core of the movie is Clark Griswold. And I do not like Clark Griswold. And that's, for me, why I, I didn't enjoy watching this movie. And, and that's tough when, you know, he is the center yeah. of, of this movie. You know, he is, he is the, the movie. center of, of National Lampoon. Uh, you know, even so much as when... Um, I think probably after this movie, the next Lampoon movie I saw was probably Van Wilder. Yeah. Uh, with Ryan Reynolds. And I swear, he played Chevy Chase. When he played Van Wilder, I thought his expressions, his actions, he really, really put me in mind of a young Chevy Chase. But, you know, that's that's a whole other Yeah, no, I had seen Vegas Vacation, too. Um, and I remember really liking that one. Of course, I also remembered really liking this movie, too. So I'm afraid to go back and rewatch any of them now. <laughs> but uh, my, my my suspicion is, is that anything that's National Lampoon's in front of it is just going to be a series of skits. Skits, yeah. That now is going to annoy me. Because uh-huh. I, I really, I, I think at this point in my life, I need a plot. And I need some really solid characterization, and that's just not what National Lampoon's movies are. Right. Well, I mean, you have taken you have taken a turn, I'm sure, from your younger self. I'm not sure how much into writing you were as a, as a, as a younger person, but I know lately you've been really into and really developing your writing skills and and looking into that. And yeah. Uh, yeah, so when you don't have a strong through line, when you don't have a strong plot, when you don't have consistently strong characters, I can see where that could be annoying. Yeah. All right, so um, we finished our review, at, such as it was. Um, <laughs> this was it was a tough movie to review. I mean, it's just uh, just the na- the nature of the movie itself. It was hard to have an outline, and I mean, yeah. so we did the best we could, folks. Yeah, I, I was kind of wondering how we were going to tackle this one uh, coming into it. I didn't know if we were just going to have kind of an open discussion or if we were going to kind of take it section by section like we did. Um, I think this was a, a probably one of the best ways to 
tackle this movie yeah, it, is, it is to break it into sections because yeah. there's so much that you could get lost on. Yeah. And, you know, Jamie, with so much to get lost on this movie, you know, maybe we want to look at a few awards, a few of our favorite uh, scenes, characters, uh, situations. So I'm going to go ahead and throw it to you uh, with our first awards here. What was your favorite funniest scene? Okay, my favorite scene in the movie is the attic scene. But that's not my favorite funniest scene. Okay. My favorite funniest scene is at the dinner when Uncle Lewis starts trying to get Aunt Bethany to say grace and can't get her attention. <laughs> and he finally gets her to say grace and she starts saying the Pledge of Allegiance. And something about that, it tickled me. I don't know why. <laughs> but that was the one point in the movie where I, re- where I went from just chuckling a little bit to uh-huh. really laughing out loud. Yeah. Was when was when Aunt Bethany started saying the Pledge of Allegiance. <laughs> that, yeah, that is great. And like you said, anything with the... With the in-laws, the extended family is just going to be over the top. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to jump on my favorite scene. And, uh, oh, man, this really is going to be probably when Clark comes out with the chainsaw. When he has just finally lost it. And and Rusty's like, I'm going to go talk to him. Good talk, Dad. <laughs> you know, Rusty has all the best lines. Just, yeah, Rusty is really a, a, turned out to be one of my favorite characters in these. And uh, yes, good talk, Dad. You know, he, he sees there's there's no talking to this guy. <laughs> there's no talking to this guy. Jamie, what is who is your favorite character? It's Rusty. Rusty. Okay. Yeah, I mean, because re- how that kid got so well adjusted in that house. I'm, I mean, <laughs> it's the biggest plot hole in the whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. but Rusty has he always he's always there at the right moment with the right line does the right thing in the scene I just everything Rusty does in the movie is is the right thing to do it, it amuses me that's funny that's who, who's your favorite character um, I'm gonna go with the neighbors <laughs> I'm just gonna go with the neighbors because they were so over the top. Yeah. And they were just so, you know, I mean, if you notice, they, they they wore their sunglasses at night. You know, they were they were those guys. Uh, so, yeah, any, anything with the neighbors is is going to be great for me. So, you know, that's that's where I'm going with that. You know, there's one thing in this movie that we've not touched on. Where is he? Okay, it's a real stretch this week. I was afraid it would, but folks... <laughs> We've got to bring it, our Keanu connection. Okay. I was going to go with the fact that I watched John Wick this week. It was the only way I could connect. It was just a proximity connection. A proximity. <laughs> I, I seen John Wick. I seen John Wick the same week I seen Vacation. That was John. all I had. And so I spent, I bet, two hours yesterday on IMDb looking at everybody's filmography. I mean, wow. Just trying to find somebody who'd been in something near Keanu Reeves, and I couldn't find anything. And then my wife today bailed us out. I think we may actually have a Keanu connection. He was in a Christmas movie once. Ah. That's the best we could do. He was in a Christmas movie. Babes in Toyland in 1986. Okay, I was afraid it was going to be The Gift. No, I've I've decided not to. I went to that well one too many times. I'm not going back to the gift again. Okay, so Babes in Toyland. Okay, John Wick, pretty good, pretty good. Okay, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in and say I had done a strange thing this past week and saw two movies in a theater, which is almost unheard of. Uh, The Grinch was very good. 
and Wreck-It Ralph. Highly recommended. Okay. Highly recommend Wreck-It Ralph. Okay. So, Jamie, <clears throat> I see you uh, twiddling with some numbers over there. I'm getting us ready. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get us ready, too. Uh, so, our next section we're going to jump into is our Keeping It 100, where we take 100 seconds to sell each other and hopefully yourself on a movie book video game something we think you'll enjoy and jamie do you want to go first you want me to take this one off yeah i'll go first i'm ready okay go ahead i've got a simple one um and uh ready set okay um this week i want to recommend a quest to you and our listeners it's a new netflix show called the haunting of hill house hmm um, it's a really good show, and I'm not—I don't like scary things. And my wife does, though, and she—she's she, she's pretty picky on what kind of scary stuff she likes. You got to be careful. I don't like scary movies. I don't like scary TV shows. I think I got my fill on them in the '80s. Um, she convinced me to watch the show just to give it a try. It is absolutely addicting. I mean, it is—you watch one episode, even though it creeped me completely out. I had to see the next episode, and I had to wow. see the next episode. And the ending was not what I expected. Still a pretty good ending. And you just the characters are so real. Um, and it's so compelling. And there's some real twists and turns. Mm. Some things you don't expect. Some real shocking things happen. And it's, just, it's, a, it's a fun show. It's creepy. It's scary. But it's a good show. I'd recommend it. That's a quest for you and our listeners. Okay. And you've done that with 35 seconds left. <clears throat> and I like a good twisty I like a good twist. Horror is not my genre. Not not mine so much either, but I do like a but good. But it's good. I do like a good twisty thing there. Um, okay, if uh, you want to get me uh, set up there and ready to go. All right, this week I have uh, completed, believe it or not, Ender's Game. I had never read it or listened to it before, and Jamie, to your joy, it was an unabridged version uh, of, of the book. Uh, you didn't cheat this time. I didn't cheat this time, and it was very, very... I'm going to tell you something. I had heard great things about the book. I tried to watch the movie. Not going to recommend the movie. I'm not going to recommend the movie, but now the book really uh, is everything that everyone has ever said about it. Uh, you've got this young kid, Ender Wiggins, who, uh, after an invasion by what they call the buggers, an insectoid alien race, um, they start developing these these kids through battle school um, and all of this uh, torture, torment, uh, training uh just craziness that goes on. I don't even know where to begin there. Uh, what, what he goes through and then the twist at the end. I was like, wow, this, you know, uh, it was really expertly done. And uh, I know some people are kind of odd on audiobooks, but now Orson Scott Card, who wrote this in an interview at the end of the audiobook said this was his preferred way of consuming the book. This was how he envisioned it when he wrote it, even though it started as a short story in a magazine written as a book. Uh, he originated his writing style as a playwright done. <laughs> so that was a little bit off, off the, off the deep end uh, at, at the end. But uh, you know, 
Uh, no, but I'm, I'm glad bit. you got to it though. That, that's one of my favorite books. Yeah, uh, I love Ender's Game. The uh, I was really surprised when he said that was his preferred uh, that, that way is surprising. of of digesting it. But as he said in the interview, he started off as a playwright and he started writing plays because he had he said there's two reasons you start writing. One, because you read something so great that it inspires you to do it. And two, because you read something so horrible, you think, my God, if this can get published, I can. <laughs> and he said he had read a, a, a phenomenal book by, uh, oh gosh, what's the guy's name? Um, I, I'm not even going to try to remember right now. But he said he read a phenomenal book by Asimov mm. um, and uh, was really inspired. And then he went and seen a play and was like, wow, I can do this and do it better than that. And uh, yeah. so he said, See, I've, um, as I've, he writes, he hears the narration. So, yeah, um, I've, um, I'm really kind of hit and miss with Thorson Scott Card's work. I either love it or loathe it. I've, There's really no in between. Yeah, I've seen. Uh, I can, I can kind of see that with, uh, with, kind of a, a brief overview of some of his body yeah. of work. But, um, but Ender's Game's an absolute classic. Yeah, it's, I, it's I'm, I'm glad you got to. It really surprised me that it was only. I mean, he said he started in uh, in '75. It was published as a short story in '77, but the book wasn't published till '85 as a novel. Yeah, so, there was a lot of expansion. I mean, sort of the. I, I think it was mostly in that school. I don't want to give too many spoilers. We won't. Yeah. We do. want should read this book. Yeah, please read. But it. Uh, the the school portion, I think, really got expanded. Oh, made I it could, a novel. Yeah, I could see that because it's it's so does it, does much it, happens there. Does it strike you as a sci-fi Harry Potter? No. Okay. It, no, it really doesn't. It uh, it really doesn't strike me as a sci-fi Harry Potter. Um, no, I, I didn't draw that line. All right. Well, we don't want to eat up too much time on air doing that. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Let's. Uh, carry I've, on. I've got a theory about that, but. Um, but uh, so that was our keeping 100 now. So and for our next quest, we're going to be discussing another Christmas classic, a real Christmas classic, Die Hard. And this was on our uh, Facebook page. Well, actually, kind of my Facebook page. I haven't figured out how to do a poll on ours yet. But uh, I had kind of threw out there like, you know, what's your favorite Christmas movie, Christmas Vacation or Christmas Story? And then also put Die Hard or Lethal Weapon. <laughs> As we were discussing. And, uh, you know, of course, Christmas Vacation got the majority of the votes. And uh, Die Hard got the majority of votes. Really surprised me. Uh, but uh, I, I underestimated a lot of people's love for this movie. And as one of our listeners pointed out to me, Die Hard has Christmas in Hollis. Oh, that's right. We're in DMC. So I said bonus points right there, <laughs> brother. So, uh, you know, just, just on that fact alone, it got a couple extra bonus points from me. So thank you very much uh, for pointing that out. And uh, anyway, uh, so uh, we want to thank you guys for listening. As always, we really appreciate it. Uh, wherever you're finding us at, uh, please be sure to keep listening and spread the word. Uh, and on that note, I just want to mention uh, Merry Christmas, Sweden. Um, our Swedish listeners are hanging with us. Uh, uh, yeah, Merry Christmas, Sweden. We I don't mean, know how you found us, but we're glad you're hanging with us. Yes, most definitely. And, uh, you know, uh, please uh, leave us a review. Uh, leave us a note on uh, on the old iTunes there uh, or wherever you listen. I know uh, I use uh, the the podcast app on my, on my phone, so that's where I see uh, most of the traffic coming from. Also, we are on Instagram. We are Roundtable Nerds 2. And on Twitter, we're at Nerds2. And, and on Facebook, we are Nerds of the Roundtable. And Jamie, what's our email? Uh, roundtablenerds at gmail.com. And have we got any traffic there yet? Nope. Okay, guys. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to challenge somebody 
anybody, shoot us an email, shoot us a, a message on one of these media sites. Just just want to hear that hey, someone's I've out got an there. Idea. Okay. What do you say? What the do you say? first person that shoots us an email at roundtablenerds at gmail.com gets to pick an episode. They get to give us anything they want us to review. Any topic. Any topic. Okay. Okay, we will uh, definitely do that, and we will uh, find a, a, a hole or something in the schedule we can shuffle around there and make that happen um, very quickly after uh, after receiving that. We'll announce it on here. Now, we do record a little bit out, so uh, you know don't, don't be too discouraged if you don't hear us the very next week. But uh, as always, have yourselves a Merry, a Merry Christmas. Little Christmas.